This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only nationally syndicated golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by Acura, precision-crafted performance. Acura, celebrating 30 years in Canada. Visit Acura.ca for the 2018 lineup and dealership incentives. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakito and Bob Weeks. Welcome inside Golf Talk Canada, a very maybe unfamiliar voice to kick off the show this week. Producer Adam Scully here, riding solo for the next two hours. Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks will join me throughout uh, the two hours here on Golf Talk Canada. We'll do a full recap of the first two rounds of the RBC Canadian Open. We'll also look back at last week's Open Championship. Big Cat, Tiger Woods, had the lead heading into the back nine on Sunday, had a chance to win that elusive 15th major, just came up short. If you've been to the RBC Canadian Open uh, through the first two days, uh, there's been some weather, but the golf course is in unbelievable shape. Very lush, uh, very green, that's for sure. Joining us now to discuss more about this is the host of Golf Talk Canada, and that's Mark Sacchino. Mark, how are you this morning? Skulls, I'm good. Uh, we are, what, halfway through our national championship, and I have no clue who's going to win this golf tournament. Yeah, it, it seems like a, a pretty wide-open leaderboard right now, and a big reason for that, I would say, is because uh, because the golf course is in uh, such great shape, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think it's out there for them to attack. You know, there's birdies everywhere. It's what we expect from Glen Abbey on pretty much on an annual basis. Um, when we stepped onto the property, I guess it was Tuesday that you and I and Bob kind of was our first day there. Yep. And I looked around, I was like, wow, this is green. It's soft, which was surprising considering the summer we've had in Southern Ontario. And I immediately said, I guess 20 under is the number. And then, you know, give or take a few either side of 20. But, you know, we're at what, 13 under par now? Mm-hmm. Got to assume that someone uh, that is nine or better today is going to shoot 64, 65 again. So I'm guessing the lead, Scully, is around 17 or 18 at the end of today, which uh, means that uh, 20 or better is going to win it again. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And one of the guys, uh, you mentioned the number nine under there, and that's where Nick Taylor is, top Canadian. We have tons of sound to get to today. We'll hear from many of the Canadians, many of the seven Canadians who made the cut this week. Nick Taylor, one of them. We'll hear from world number one, Dustin Johnson, uh, with rounds of 68-66 to open up his RBC Canadian Open. We'll hear, we'll hear a very interesting interview from Ian Poulter, uh, some pretty <laughs> candid sound uh, from there. Ben Silverman was 63 yesterday. We'll hear from him. Mackenzie Hughes, Adam Hadwin, who just missed the cut, uh, Tommy Fleetwood as well. And one other interview that we'll, we'll uh, play a little later in the show is one, Mark, with you and Tomo Bysted with TaylorMade's new very exciting Gapper product, an interview that you will very likely need to hear because this is a product that will help any type of golfer. golfer. But first, Mark, let's go to some news and headlines. News and Headlines is brought to you by Porter Airlines. Now flying direct to 16 Canadian destinations and 7 U.S. destinations direct, including Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Visit flyporter.com. Porter Airlines, flying refined. So, Mark, through 36 holes, Kevin Tway is your leader at 13 under par. One of the great ball strikers on tour, uh, like father, like son, you would say. What do you think his chances are heading into this weekend? Uh, he's in the final group at 135 today with Wee Kim. Well, you know, obviously, like you mentioned, I think he's a good enough ball striker that, you know, 
in theory, this you know he could, should be able to still win this. Although 36-hole leads at Glen Abbey have not been kind because it's just such a birdie barrage and. It's just so hard to tell who's going to come out with the trophy in this golf tournament because there's so much volatility on that back nine, which I think we'll miss, Scully, at Glen Abbey. Mm-hmm. I think we'll all look back and and say to ourselves, you know, we didn't appreciate Glen Abbey enough for what it was. We've all, over the years, suggested that, you know, we've heard the, the people say, oh, it's an overrated golf course, and, you know, with the exception of the Valley Holes, it's just, you know... Uh, you know, overrated. But at the end of the day, you know, it was built for tournament golf, and people want excitement on Sunday for tournament golf. And there's so much volatility. Look at Keegan Bradley's finish yesterday, playing six under par the last four holes. It's that type of volatility that doesn't lend itself to suggesting that someone's won this golf tournament until the last hour of the broadcast on Sunday evening. And you go, oh, boy, okay, anybody's still in this. I think we'll miss that with Glen Abbey. And I think that's what basically, you know, if you're within three shots of the lead, you know, late with, like, say, five holes to go, you still have a chance to win this golf tournament. I think that's what's great about it. So, you know, it's also interesting that we're on the 15th anniversary, Adam, of Bob Tway's victory at the RBC Canadian Open. Now, it was a different property that was down at Hamilton Golf Club in 2003. But still, 15th anniversary of his father's win. They're very close. They speak on the phone every evening about, you know, the round that was and, uh, you know, go through what could have been better, etc. So they're, they're constantly in contact. Bob's very involved in Kevin's game. Um, Going to be interesting to see, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, to make any predictions until there's uh, an hour to go is insane when it comes to a Glen, a- a Glen Abbey Open. And that's and that's particularly the case this week because, you know, 16 and 18 through the first two days has played straight down wind. You know, Dustin Johnson had a flip wedge into 18 yesterday. Uh, ben Silverman had a nine iron, and he's not one of the longer guys on tour. So especially that's the case be- um, with those two holes, both incredibly downwind, isn't it? It certainly is, you know, and and if the wind stays in that direction, you know, 14 is the hole that's going to have the teeth down in the valley, and that always has the teeth. Uh, regardless, it's, you know, t- that and eight are typically the hardest holes on the golf course. Uh, but 14 into the wind will have the teeth. Other than that, you, you know, you hit the nail on the head. You're, you know, you're flipping wedge 16, flipping wedge uh, into 18. Uh, 17's that awkward green with the bunker yeah. in the middle. And if they use that front left hole location, then the wind, uh, being into the wind, actually helps uh, knock the ball down and settle it into that very small area. So um, it, it could be even more vol- volatile. We've got 22 players now within five shots of the lead uh, with 36 <laughs> holes to go. I don't see that changing, Adam. I, mm-hmm. I see that trend continuing. And, you know, looking at looking around at this leaderboard, with the back nine to go, thinking, wow, anybody's got a shot here. 
yeah, anyone certainly has a big shot here. Uh, we'll get back to the RBC Canadian Open uh, very shortly, but there was a major championship uh, last week on uh, in the world of golf. Uh, one that saw a lot, a lot of excitement, maybe for the casual golf fan, because of some guy named Tiger Woods who made quite the run on Sunday to have the lead heading into the back nine before a very bizarre double bogey and then a bogey on a very tough 12 hole. What did you think of Tiger Woods last Sunday, Mark? I think uh, Tiger Woods uh, put a, a, a nice step forward in the process of completing this comeback. Uh, I think there were more positives than negatives, but I also think it reaffirmed a bunch of things that you and I and Bob have been saying for six months now. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that, Scully, is, you know, we all said that Lynx golf was probably going to be his best opportunity to win. We also said a dry, firm Lynx venue would even heighten that percentage of being able to win. We also all suggested that, this is more a mental issue than it is a physical issue at this point. And Peter Costas is famous for suggesting that the first thing that goes when a player is under pressure and uncomfortable with it is their decision-making ability. And to me, Tiger, at number 11, lost the Open Championship, not with missing a fairway at 11, but trying to come up with a hero lob wedge shot for his third at 11 over a bunker with about seven feet of green to work with. I think if Tiger was comfortable being in that moment and not feeling the pressure for the probably for the first time in a very long time in a major the way he did on Sunday, that, that he would have taken his medicine, found the fat side of the green, left himself 20, 25 feet, if you make the putt, it's a bonus. You walk out with par. If not, worst case, you tap in for bogey, and off you go. Because in major championships, you can recover from bogeys. Most players are going to make bogeys. Molinari didn't, and hats off to him. That was a brilliant round of golf. But most players are going to make bogeys and be able to recover. You don't recover from doubles, and that's kind of how I saw that final round. But overall, I thought it is another major step forward. And, uh, you know, you've got to think at some point he's going to get over the mental hurdle of this and at some point find a victory. Everybody's asking me, is he going to win a major? Is he going to win a major? You know what? I'd like to see him win a PGA Tour event before <laughs> we start making him the favorite at, at Augusta next year. He's going to have a lot of times, a lot of chances, Adam, to win a, a PGA Tour event between now and Augusta next year. So I know there's the PGA coming up, et cetera, but forget the PGA. If it happens, great. But – Let's win a PGA Tour event between now and April, and I think his chances at it in April go through the roof if he's a winner already. And, and one shot in particular I want to ask you about from Tiger was that pitching wedge uh, from the fairway bunker on the 10th hole, 157 yards. As he said after the round, it was sort of the make or break for his tournament. And the, the amount of recoil that happened there, I don't think I've been that excited watching any sort of golf tournament in a number of years. We're, were you flinching at all, you know, if, if the fuse back would, would give out at some point uh, as someone like yourself who, who has had some, uh, some back issues in the past? Adam, I was just sho I was <laughs> shocked that he would try it. And, and just I really thought this was going to be a pitch out. And just even more shocked that, he, that, you know, he pulled it off with almost with ease. Yeah, he went at it so hard. Like you mentioned, you know, physically it looked like, like torture for someone that – Never mind someone with a bad back, somebody healthy 
But, you know, I think there – I was sitting there thinking to myself, there's probably – like maybe seven or eight players on the PGA Tour that can that can even hit that shot, and that's saying a lot. Considering that most of these guys can all hit every single shot in the bag, and they all really kind of play the game very similar. But you know, uh, Tiger, Jason Day, Rory, DJ, Kepka. You know, there's just a handful of guys that have that kind of speed that they could generate that kind of speed with a wedge and hit it that high. Uh, and that far, you know, if you got that to the putting surface, it was jaw-dropping. And that's why last week it was my winner on TV. It was for winners weird to want to use as my winner because, you know, I don't think, uh, I don't think the uh, uh, NBC broadcast did that shot justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did not make a big enough deal, I think, out of that, Adam. And I, that was absolutely amazing. And before we we go to break, you know, you know that was just one of the better shots we've seen. And he also got sort of a bad break because his ball spun, or else it would have bounced uh, even closer to the hole. In your previous answer, you, men- you mentioned Francesco Molinari, bogey free on the weekend. You know, right now he's got to be the hottest player on earth, isn't he? Well, three wins in his last six starts, including two second place finishes. His worst finish in six starts is a T25 at the U.S. Open. The guy's playing unbelievable golf, cool, calm, and collected. Uh, bogey-free for the weekend, like you mentioned. And let's not overlook that the second 18 that's bogey-free, he did that in the Boilermaker of playing on a Sunday with Tiger Woods and a major. So, to me, that's even more impressive. You know, going bogey-free, playing under the radar in a group, you know, with some guy you never heard of before, you know, that that's impressive. Doing it with Tiger Woods on a Sunday when the entire world's watching and you just, you know, lollygag it, for a bogey free round and win the and win the open championship. It could be interesting to see how long Molinari can keep this going because this is not a physical thing. This is not a swing change. This isn't a hot putter. This is a psychological switch that he's uh hit in his brain that he said about, you know, three, four months ago, he just kind of found a new calmness and a new way about kind of going about his business where he's been able to just ignore everything and, and, and not be distracted. So Interested to see how how long he can kind of just ride this this calm wave that's allowed this to happen. Yeah, for sure. And Johnny Miller had a very interesting comment at the start of that broadcast. He said, whoever was going to win this twosome between Molinari and Woods might very well go on to win the Open Championship. And, well, well, he was definitely uh, right. Mark, on the other side, we're going to go back to the RBC Canadian Open. Uh, Seven Canadians made the cut, including Nick Taylor. He went one-on-one with Bob Weeks. We'll hear that interview next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by Acura. Precision crafted performance. Acura, celebrating 30 years in Canada. Visit Acura.ca for the 2018 lineup and dealership incentives. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the TP5 and TP5X Golf Ball. Five layers make it exactly like nothing else. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to switch today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. A lovely Saturday morning here in the GTA or whatever time you're listening from coast to coast 
right now. Two rounds of the RBC Canadian Open are in the books. Kevin Tway, your leader, 13 under par. But seven Canadians made the cut this week, which is a great number. 21 started the week, seven made the cut. Uh, joining us now again uh, on, the, on the line is Mark Zucchino. And Mark, it's, it's a pretty good thing to see this many Canadians who are playing on the weekend at the RBC Canadian Open, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think it's a huge success success Adam because when you consider you know that Adam Hadwin didn't make the cut and he would have been in our opinion probably a no-brainer to be playing the weekend Mm -hmm. and that he's not included in that seven and that you know in that 21 there's also you know a handful of guys that have no experience on the PGA Tour that found their way to the Canadian Open through different means of qualifying and you know, whether it be the club professional level, amateurs, open qualifying, et cetera, that are included in that 21 that are just thrilled, you know, with no disrespect at all, but, but thrilled to be there and on a stage that's much larger than they, that they normally would be participating on. Seven's an amazing number to get through. So, uh, and never mind to get through. We got two of them very much in the hunt and part of this golf tournament, more importantly, which, which for me uh, is very exciting. That we have Nick Taylor and Ben Silverman with, you know, if they go out and they have a solid rounds today, which I expect from both of, both of them, that uh, we'll have two shots on Sunday. Yeah, definitely, for sure. And one of those guys who is in the mix is Nick Taylor, a, a good Canadian who's, uh, who's 127th in the FedEx Cup standings right now, needs a good run. After his round yesterday, he went one-on-one with Bob Weeks. All right, Nick Taylor, first of all, I want to uh, compliment you on your choice of wardrobe. It's a very nice shirt that you've <laughs> got there. Thing <laughs> That's good. Tell us about the round. Eight birdies on the card. It's nice when you see those go in. I know there was a couple other blips in there, but how did this round feel? It felt really good. I hit it great off the tee, uh, which set me up for a lot of short irons. And I gave myself a lot of chances. It was nice to roll some of those mid-length ones, the 10 to 15 footers on the back nine. Um, I actually missed a couple of chances that I had on the back as well. So I had a lot of chances, and it was nice to make make a bunch of them. Wind seems a little bit stronger out here, and seems a little bit gustier. You were talking about being thick. Can you describe that wind and what it was like out there? Yeah, it was just, you know, into the wind. It was really knocking it down. For example, in 17, I think we had about 140 yards, and hit eight iron, it went 130. It was just. Um, it was hard to judge, and then vice versa. Downwind, the ball was getting carried forever. So it was, they were not used to that. With it being hot in the summer, it's usually pretty thin, so it's um, doesn't affect it as much. So it was, it was an adjustment, and the last eight or nine holes uh, definitely fixed it. And you've been working a lot in your putting in the last couple of weeks and months and stuff. It's nice to see the balls going in after all that hard work. Yeah, it's uh, my speed's been great. That's what I've been really focusing on. I've, I've, I've always read greens pretty well, and, and I've just been starting online. It's just my speed's been very inconsistent, so it's, it's been great this week, and all the hard work's starting to pay off. I know low Canadian is something that you think about maybe after the 72nd hole. Yeah. Do you keep an eye on, on the other Canadians and how they're doing when you're, when you're playing here this week? Yeah, a lot of them I'm buddies with, so definitely keep an eye on. I know, I know David Hearn played well yesterday. I'm not sure when Mac finished this morning, but he had a decent round going yesterday. So it's fun to see him playing well. Hopefully we can get up there and give ourselves the best chance of winning. All right, good luck on the weekend. All right, thanks. Well, the reference off the top of that interview was uh, Bob talking about Nick Taylor's shirt because Bob and Nick Taylor were literally wearing the exact same shirt. So, Mark, I guess uh, good, mi- good minds think alike. Am I correct? Yeah, and there was actually a lot of that out there yesterday, uh, Scully, because as you know, it was red and white day. Yep. So uh, our own Chris McKee, who uh, handles our social media and our YouTube channel, he also 
had exactly the same shirt on. <laughs> so it, uh, you know what? It's, a, it's good to see that many Adidas shirts out of there. Course. And B, uh, B, it was fun to see the red and white. You know, I'd like to see that be, I don't know, maybe it's too much, but I'd like to see it more than just one day. I'd like to see more red and white throughout the entire uh, tournament moving forward and just kind of, you know, tune up the Canadiana, so to speak. Uh, we get once a year, we have a chance to, to wave the flag, so why not go a little overboard? I couldn't agree, and I actually had the same shirt picked out, but it was a last-second switch to go to something else. For Nick Taylor, <laughs> for Nick Taylor today, he's got quite a pairing. 12.55 with Dustin Johnson. How do you think this is going to impact Nick Taylor, either positively or maybe even negatively? It can work either way here, and it's going to be interesting to see because this is a very big stage for Nick. And I and what I mean by that is, you know, Nick's won on the PGA Tour before, a few years ago winning the Sanderson Farms Championship. So it's not like he has not been in the heat of the battle or knows what he's getting into by any means. But to be on Canadian soil in front of a home crowd that is already polling for him, to now be alongside Dustin Johnson, which is going to add, you know, Thousands of bodies to each hole, which will, you know, really heighten everything. The, the commotion, the noise, just the distractions. Uh, he can, this can go two ways. He can use it as a positive and just feed off, a, the, uh, off the excitement of it, or it can go the other way. We'll know early, Adam. Mm-hmm. We'll know early because the first hole has been gettable this week. The second hole has been gettable this week. Uh, so standing on the fourth tee, if Adam, if uh, Nick, you know, if Nick is one under uh, or better, uh, we'll know exactly where this is going. If if he's standing on that fourth tee and he's above par, then we might, you know, we might have something to worry about. Mm-hmm. So it's certainly a theme to, to watch for. Yeah, certainly. And Nick Taylor, three top 20 finishes uh, this season. A T21 last week at Barbasol. And like I said earlier, 127th in the FedEx Cup standings. Needs a good finish this week. On the other side, we're going to hear from Dustin Johnson, who's just three shots off the pace. Also, David Hearn and Ian Poulter. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the TP5 and TP5X Golf Ball. Five layers make it exactly like nothing else. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to switch today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf. Canada's leading distributor of electric walking golf trolleys, including CartTech, MotoCaddy, and Stewart Golf Dream Machines. Visit jpsmgolf.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Producer Adam Scully riding solo for the next uh, 90 minutes or so here. We're 36 holes into the RBC Canadian Open. Kevin Tway, your leader. 13 under par, 15 years after his father, Bob, won this very tournament. So a good omen there for Mr. Kevin Toy. But one guy who's in contention is Dustin Johnson. He's just three shots off the lead, and after the round, he had a chance to speak to the media. Yeah, it was good. Um, you know, I hit it well. Hit a lot of really good shots. Um, you know, had a lot of good looks at birdies. Hit a lot of good putts that didn't go into. So it was, um, but... 
you know, it was really solid. I felt like I played solid all day. I was in control of the golf ball and, you know, just gave myself a lot of opportunities. Did you feel like you left some out there? Yeah, there was quite a few um, that I did, but, you know, that's golf. Um, but I still felt like I put together a really solid round. Um, but, you know, you can always make make a few more putts. Make eagle on two to that sort of jump start your day? Yeah, I mean, it's always, you know, I hit two good shots into two and a nice putt. So, I mean, that's anytime you make an eagle, helps the round out for sure. What's the plan for the Yeah, I'd take as many as I can get for the next two days. Yeah, I mean, if, yeah, you drive it in the fairway. You know, I could reach all the par fives with iron, so, um, but I got to be in the fairway. Yeah, I mean, the greens, the golf course is in too good a shape not to, you know, not to have to go low. That was Dustin Johnson after his second round, uh, 68 66 uh, thus far. Mark Zagino again joins us here on the line. Uh, Mark, from what you've seen from Dustin Johnson, especially after the debacle that was his performance last week at the Open Championship, uh, what have you seen uh, thus far from DJ? Well, a pretty decent turnaround, Adam. You know, Thursday was still not good. Um, he was struggling this week on the range, tinkering with equipment, changing shafts in his driver, changing the setting on his uh, M4. They were adding loft. They were de-lofting de- it. They just could not find anything. He was trying to get the ball to fall right, mm-hmm. and it was not falling right. Then we get to Thursday, and we shoot 68 on Thursday with two chip-ins, two hole-outs. <laughs> So, you know, that 68 could have quite easily been a 70. And if you shoot 70 on Thursday, you're getting lapped by this entire field. So, obviously, yesterday something clicked. And you heard it there. Said he hit a lot of good shots. He's hitting the ball well. So, obviously, he found something on Friday that he's been looking for for the last few weeks. And I, I personally think, Adam, to take 30 days off immediately after the U.S. Open and your next appearance is the Open Championship, it's just too much time for anybody in the middle of the season when guys like Molinari are firing on all cylinders, Rory's playing well, minus his game inside 120 yards, Tiger, Justin Rose. You know, the, the best players in the world are gearing up for a big stretch of the season, and you disappear for a month, and I think that's what happened last week, and I think that's what still was happening earlier this week. He had too much rust. And I think the rust is being knocked off. Yeah, for sure. And, and after his opening round, he, he was actually speaking with Sky Sports and, and, and uh, one of his swing coaches there, Claude Harmon, uh, and he told them that he actually switched the way he grips his putter. Uh, he, did, he did that uh, between nines uh, in his first round and shot four under on his back uh, back nine on, on Sunday, or sorry, on Thursday. So for those amateurs out there, the professionals do the same thing that we do, so, uh, so just keep that in mind. Uh, one guy as well, uh, I mentioned before, seven Canadians made the cut this week and that's including David Hearn uh, who currently uh, is 231st in the FedEx Cup standings uh, but he had a chance to speak with Bob Weeks after his round. David uh, not as good as yesterday but still uh, a solid round of golf how did you feel about it? Yeah I would agree with that I didn't give myself nearly as many chances today I missed a couple of fairways getting going so I kind of had a scrappy par on the second hole which is a you know birdie hole today. I would say the winds were up a little bit more today too. It was definitely a bit trickier in the afternoon. We were having a hard time, um, you know, holding some of the greens in certain spots. So, um, you know, the only bogey I made, I kind of got unlucky. I hit it in a divot, and it was just the exact, exact wrong time because we were straight downwind, and uh, you know, so I ended up making a double there. But uh, overall, you know, I hung in there. It was a scrappy day, but good enough to see two more. 
what is the plan now when you get into the weekend in a situation like this? Just put the medal down because you need some, <laughs> need some points? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think uh, I'm going to do everything I can tomorrow to, to give myself as many birdie chances as I can and um, see if I can't put together a round like I did on Thursday. And, you know, maybe I can get into this course five, six, seven under tomorrow and make a little bit of a move tomorrow. And, um, you know, that's all I have to do is, is move up and forward from here. This golf course, everyone's talking about how it's very different from last year, being a little bit more lush, a little bit softer. But is it really? We're, seeing, we're hearing some mixed reviews on it. Yeah, I think, to me, this is the best I've seen this golf course. I know the last couple of years we had kind of drought weather here in Ontario, so uh, the course got really, really firm and fast. This year, it's definitely uh, a lot more lush, and um, you know, it's you can feel it being a little bit firm underneath still. So, you know, that little bit of rain we had yesterday certainly didn't make it too wet. Um, you know, the balls are bouncing a little bit now, and uh, you know, I think it's just going to keep playing better and better as the weekend goes on. You like it to play like this way, you like to play harder. Yeah, I think so. I think. Um, you know, as it firms up, you know, it's going to put a little bit more of a premium on uh, hitting some fairways, which is to my advantage. So, you know, I'd rather see it go that way. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. Yeah, you know, it, like I said, I didn't really give myself a lot of chances to, to really give it a go. You know, I missed a bunch of greens and chipped it up close, it seemed like, most of the time. Made a really nice par save on uh, number 14 coming up out of the valley. Um, you know, so, yeah, the putter was solid. Um, you know, I would have liked to have given myself a better chance for birdie on 18, but... Uh, no, overall, everything seems like it's in good place, so hopefully we can put together a good weekend. That was TSN Masters Golf Analyst David Hearn after two rounds. Uh, been some solid in solid uh, position rail. Made the cut at the RBC Canadian Open. Marked four top 25 finishes uh, this year thus far for David Hearn. What has to go right for David for his own game to make a push this weekend? I think he's got to make some putts. Uh, this weekend, you know, yesterday I think the putter went cold a bit on him. I think he needs to uh, give himself more looks and make more putts, which sounds like an obvious thing. But the players that are making moves at Glen Abbey are giving themselves a lot of looks. And you start missing greens and you start giving away birdies like he suggested on 18 where holes that are gettable and, and you'll get lapped by this field. And uh, David needs these points. He is playing well. He needs this po- these points. He likes Glen Abbey. Um, you know, he should do well today. And, uh, you know, the, the thing I like about the draw this week, which he alluded to there, is it was much more difficult uh, to, uh, yesterday afternoon, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of nice because the way this kind of draw leveled the playing field, if you went out early Thursday, you certainly had the better scoring t- conditions on Thursday if you went out early Thursday. And then if you went out late Friday, you had the rougher of the two. So it equaled itself out, and this leaderboard has shaped up kind of the way it should because of that heading into the weekend. Nobody really got a better side of the draw. Yeah, couldn't uh, agree more. Another guy who's in uh, contention this week is uh, Ian Poulter. He's tied for 10th right now, 9 under par. And after his round yesterday, he had a chance to catch up with Golf Talk Canada social media extraordinaire Chris McKee. Tied 10th, end of the day today. Uh, how'd you feel about how you played? Yeah, played nicely, played solid. Uh, only one bogey on the card, and obviously made a few birdies. So uh, it was tricky this afternoon. The wind was up, and uh, similar to what those uh, the guys yesterday afternoon experienced, um, it can get pretty windy around here in the afternoon. So I saw you and Tommy on the range the other day. You know, having a laugh, having a lot of fun. Um, you know, at what point, you know, do you turn that off and get serious, like? Well, I mean, we're we're all friends, um, you know. Even even out there, the last couple of days, uh, you know, we're, we're laughing and joking on on the way around the golf course. It's just, um, 
Yeah, I mean, we're all friends out here at the end of the day, but, um, you know, when it's, when it's go time, you just switch on for 20 seconds, hit your shot, and then relax again. So um, it's, uh, it's, fun, it's fun to keep it that way. So you think you're capable of, um, you know, gaining a few strokes, reeling in the leaders and getting a better finish on Sunday? I hope so, or I better put my clubs away and never play golf again. I mean, I'm a couple off the lead and, you know, I figure I can make a few birdies tomorrow and keep doing, keep doing my thing. Well, that was a pretty uh, rather honest response there from uh, Ian Poulter. I don't think he'll be packing up his clubs, uh, so to speak. But, uh, you know, Ian Poulter, uh, you know, he, he's always pretty blunt and, uh, and never lies to the media, does he, Mark? Oh, no, he's never shy of an opinion. <laughs> Certainly has something to say about everything. And You know, it's interesting to go back to Chris's uh, uh, second question there. Some of these guys are really different, right? Like yeah. Luke Trevino, who was up this week for the uh, Hall of Fame ceremony on Tuesday, which Bob was hosting, um, he was famous. He, there's probably not a better example of somebody who, you know, talked his way and chatted his way around the golf course, sometimes to the point where guys like Nicholas wanted to hang themselves <laughs> playing with Trevino. This too much chatter, you know, and, and some guys can do that. Some guys can switch it off between shots, between rounds, and, you know, ch- and just, you know, loosey-goosey around the course until they get to their ball and get over it. Other guys in the zone, blinders on, don't talk. And just kind of, you know, stay in that boiler maker for five hours, and they can't go in and out. So to each their own. Poulter has always been one of those guys in and out, chatty Kathy. And uh, you know what? He's playing well this week. And Mark, I think that's why you and I play well together when we when we uh, because we're joking between shots and talking about anything other than golf. That's for sure. Well, yeah, you know, I stopped taking that this all too seriously a long time ago, right, Scully? So uh, I'm better. <laughs> I'm better just not even thinking about anything I'm doing out there now and just laughing and then adding them up at the end. And then sometimes it surprises me. You, so. and, I, you and I both, my friend, you and I both. Well, Mark, thanks so much for joining us uh, this morning on Golf Talk Canada, and we'll see you later this afternoon at Glen Abbey. Yeah, Scully, I'll, I'll be chasing Canadians today for PGA Tour Radio. I have the Canadian Hunter role. So more than likely, that'll be a lot of time with Ben Silverman, I am assuming, today. So should be fun out there. Going to have big crowds. And uh, I'll see you in a few hours, buddy. Love it. Can't wait. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Adam. That was Mark Sacchino, the host of Golf Talk Canada. You can find him on Twitter at ZmanPSNGTC. On the other side, we're going to catch up with Adam Stanley of PGATour.com. And uh, we're going to discuss uh, several things. He, he posted a story on Kevin Tway, your 36-hole leader. And we'll discuss the future of Glen Abbey for the RBC Canadian Open. All that and more this, uh, next on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura, was brought to you by JPSM Golf, Canada's leading distributor of electric walking golf trolleys, including CartTech, MotoCaddy, and Stewart Golf Dream Machines. Visit jpsmgolf.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. 
Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Producer Adam Scully riding solo here on this lovely Saturday morning in the GTA. We had Mark Zucchino on for first three segments of the show discussing the first 36 holes of the RBC Canadian Open. And Bob Weeks will be joining us in our uh, next segment uh, for the following hour uh, to talk about uh, everything else with the RBC Canadian Open. But joining us now is uh, a good friend of mine, Adam, St- Adam Stanley, who is uh, with PGA Tour, uh, Canadian Press, uh, The Score, Globe and Mail. So Adam Stanley, what don't you do? <laughs> I don't play golf very well. <laughs> but something you do well, you actually, your fashion is always on point, but I haven't seen any <laughs> joggers from you yet this week. What's up with that? No, I uh, I need a pair of joggers. Uh, Nick Taylor's agent was rocking joggers the other day. Was and I he? Was, I was I was very jealous of uh, of that choice. So wow. uh, I made a I made a point to go over and and say as such. So maybe I'll ask him where he where he tracked those down. Jogger game strong, as uh, as, as the kids say uh, these days. Uh, but we're, we're 36 holes down in the RBC Canadian Open. Seven Canadians uh, made the cut. What have you thought? What have you uh, looked, uh, thought about the uh, course conditions uh, thus far? Have you ever seen Glen Abbey this green? No, I haven't. And especially, you know, having been to the Canadian Open the last two years uh, at Glen Abbey two years ago, it was very browned out, very baked out. That ball was running forever. A lot of guys were, were nervous about driving into the pond uh, in front of 18. Uh, last year, certainly it was uh, a little bit softer, but uh, I've never seen it like this. And, and in pretty much talking to any guy, whether it be Dustin Johnson, Adam Hadwin, I think Jim Furyk said the same thing. You could go on and on. Uh, they've all said that this golf course uh, is the best that it's looked uh, pretty almost and ever, but certainly uh, in the last two years. So it's, it's scorable, it's gettable, uh, and quite frankly, this golf course is in absolutely mid condition, uh, and the scores have reflected that. Yeah, the scores certainly have reflected that, uh, especially with one Kevin uh, Tway. He's 13 under, your current 36-hole leader. And you had uh, quite a story on, uh, on PGATour.com about uh, Kevin Tway. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's, it's, so, it's so funny to see how, uh, you know, where we've netted out with some of these younger guys. Kevin Tway uh, is Bob Tway's son, and, and Bob Tway won the 2003 Canadian Open, so 15 years ago this year at uh, he didn't do it at Glen Abbey but he did it at Hamilton so uh, it, it was pretty neat to kind of see those synergies and, and hopefully you know Kevin can kind of ride it through over the next few days and, and maybe pull off uh, a feat that's never been done before uh, his father Bob has had some pretty good finishes at Glen Abbey he's played the golf course 17 times two top 10 so you know he, he said uh, to me yesterday that him and his dad talked every single night uh, especially during tournament competitions so not a bad guy to to lean on when you're trying to ask some a few questions about the golf course and and the fact that his dad has also won this tournament uh, is going to make for a really neat storyline uh, over today and uh, into Sunday afternoon as well. Like father, like son, a pretty darn good omen. Uh, that seven Canadians made the cut this week at the RBC Canadian Canadian Open. Uh, just how significant of a number is that? We saw 21 uh, Canadians start the week trying to get uh, to, trying to make the cut, but seven making the cut. Just how uh, significant of a number is that to you? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great question. The 21 number, I think, is a, is a really big one. I mean, obviously, there was 17 in the field already and then four qualified on Monday to uh, to get it up to 21. And, and I think that just really reflects uh, the state of Canadian golf from top to bottom. Uh, but to see seven Canadians make the cut, uh, it's, it's the most in a decade. It's the most since 2008. Uh, when eight Canadians made the cut, uh, and it's pretty big breadth of uh, you know levels on the PGA Tour, and we've even got one amateur who's made the cut as well. So 
you know, the usual suspects on tour, uh, Nick Taylor, Mackenzie Hughes, uh, even Ben Silverman, they've all made the cut. But then we've got uh, two guys on the Web.com tour, Roger Sloan and Ryan Yip make the cut. Uh, and then, of course, the young amateur from British Columbia, Chris Chris, Chris Logo, uh, who's pretty much playing with nothing to lose. So, uh, you know, it's interesting to see the wide breadth of guys find the weekend. Uh, definitely excited to see Nick Taylor and Ben Silverman uh, challenging, not just for low Canadian, but, uh, you know, for uh, for a spot on the top of the leaderboard. Uh, from a FedEx Cup standings perspective, those guys really, really needed a good week. And, and just because it's coming at home, um, you know, they're, they're kind of trying to look past that, but they're excited to be playing well. Uh, and hopefully that rolls in to the next two days because they really need some points to lock up their cards for next year. Yeah, that's uh, that's for sure. And another hot topic going around uh, Glen Abbey this week is: is this going to be the final year that the RBC Canadian Open is going to be at Glen Abbey? We've seen so many historic moments uh, over the years, but in your mind, do you think we'll ever see, or what do you think the chances are that this tournament comes back to Glen Abbey in say uh, two years or maybe three or four years? Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny because when you enter the Glen Abbey property, there's the you know RBC Canadian Open, our open signage, and then literally right next to it near the shuttle buses is the you know Town of Oakville's application for zoning <laughs> signage <laughs> that's kind of right next to it. So it's hard to ignore. Um, you know, I've been told, and, and it was published in the Canadian press, that Mississauga Golf and Country Club has had discussions with Golf Canada about hosting uh, the RBC Canadian Open in, in the coming years. St. George's, I've also been told, uh, has had conversations about hosting the tournament. Um, it's obviously going to Hamilton next year and then back again in 2023. Uh, but I think, you know, there's there's space there. And, and Bill Paul has also told me, he's the chief championship officer for Golf Canada, that, you know, Glen Abbey will never not be in the mix to host this tournament. Uh, it, it's a tremendous spectator venue. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, Golf Canada's office is obviously right there. Spectators enjoy it. Uh, the fan experience has certainly improved over the last few years. Um, I think just because there were so many question marks around Glen Abbey this year and, and moving forward, they had to make the decision to rotate this tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest, if it comes back uh, at least one more time and I think make a little bit more of a of a hurrah out of it. This year, you know, it, it kind of just seems like it's a regular stop at Glen Abbey. Uh, but if they're going to formalize that, this is going to be the last Canadian Open at Glen Abbey. Uh, I think we'll see a little bit more celebration uh, versus versus this year and kind of just letting it fizzle out. And, of course, if there is one more time, it will have a new date before the U.S. Open. And who knows, if it's publicized that way, maybe one Tiger Woods could come back for some history. <laughs> what do you think about that? You, you never know. <laughs> it, would be, it would be a lot of fun, obviously, to see him you know, come back and, and make one last appearance. Uh, I think the fans have kind of been clamoring for an opportunity to see Tiger. It's been quite uh, quite a long time. Uh, but you think about the guys who do play uh, the week before the U.S. Open or who have done it in the past. You know, Phil Mickelson is usually a guy who plays before the U.S. Open. So I wouldn't really be surprised if, if he comes, if not next year, then potentially the year after, um, you know, with the U.S. Open taking place in Wingfoot uh, in two years and, and this tournament likely being, at, uh, being in the GTA, I should say. Jordan Spieth has played the week before the U.S. Open as well in the past. Rory McIlroy is the same. So although the field is absolutely tremendous this year, top to bottom, uh, we may see some names that we haven't seen yet uh, over the next couple of years, which is uh, which is a good news story for sure. Adam, great stuff as always, bud. We'll see you later this afternoon at the RBC Canadian Open. Thanks for having me, man. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. That was uh, Adam Stanley, PGA Tour Canadian Press, the score. 
Globe and Mail, uh, basically every every different company that yeah, he writes some excellent stuff and worth the Twitter follow Adam underscore uh, Scully. Coming, uh, Adam underscore Stanley, sorry. Uh, coming up in the second hour of the show, Bob Weeks is going to join us and we're going to discuss the first 36 holes of the RBC Canadian Open. Seven Canadians making the cut. Uh, certainly a very exciting uh, 36 holes uh, coming up at Glen Abbey. Uh, thanks for listening to the first hour and uh, tune in for hour two right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, show archives, video highlights, and TV schedule, visit us online at golftalkcanada.ca. We'll be right back with more GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, the back nine, I should say of Golf Talk Canada. It is just after 9.02 here in Toronto. 36 holes of the RBC Canadian Open are in the books. Kevin Tway, your leader, 13 under par. A couple guys at 12, including Keegan Bradley, Wee Kim, seven Canadians making the cut this week. Uh, Nick Taylor, your top Canadian at 9 under. Ben Silverman, also there up there at 8 under. A couple Canadians already on the golf course this morning. David Hearn, and Mr. Ryan Yip as well on the golf course as well. But to discuss more about the RBC Canadian Open, joining us now on location at Glen Abbey is Mr. Bob Weeks. Bob, how are you, sir? I'm doing very well, Adam. Sound, you sound pretty comfortable in the big seat there. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> you. It's uh, It's been a good hour thus, uh, so far. We had Mark Sacchino on and Mr. Adam Stanley, so looking forward to seeing you all a little later uh, this morning. I, I've asked both uh, Mark and Adam uh, the, this same question. I'm curious to hear your input as well. Seven Canadians making the cut uh, this week at the RBC Canadian Open. How significant of a number is this? It's pretty good. I mean, we had a great contingent going in with 21 uh, four who came through the uh, the Monday qualifier and the, the Monday qualifier is not easy there's a lot of veteran PGA Tour pros and very qualified people but all four Canadians uh, for all four spots were taken by Canadians so you start off with a good number this is the most we've had since 2002 when the tournament was at, at Angus Glen and there was eight that made the cut um, but I think I think what's it, as, as interesting as the number is the makeup of who is in there because you've got some some guys who are veterans, obviously. You've got David Hearn, who's there. You've got, but you've also got uh, an amateur like Chris Crisologo. So I think mm-hmm. uh, I think seeing him in there is uh, is a huge indication of, of where the uh, Canadian national team program is going. Um, that these kids are are coming out here and not really afraid to kind of take the bit and run with it a little bit, even though it's a huge step up for a guy like him who's a college player, very good player, won the. Uh, uh, BC Amateur just a couple of weeks ago, so I think that's good. I think you know the disappointment obviously is a guy like Adam Hadwin not not yep. making the cut, and, and you were there when when we saw him and how frustrated <laughs> he was afterwards. But um, it's it's great for Canadian golf. It gives people something to to cheer for, and 
Um, I was just meeting with a, with a few people here, and they were saying they were following the Dustin Johnson, Bubba Watson, Adam Hadwin group yesterday, and Adam Hadwin was getting the loudest cheers, louder than <laughs> Dustin, louder than Bubba. So you know you're doing something right. So I think we're 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 in, we're in good shape right now, and uh, this is a good indi- another good indication of where our uh, where our golfers are going. Oh, that's uh, it's just fantastic news to see seven make the cut, and uh, we'll we'll hear from Adam Hadwin uh, in our next uh, next segment and go in depth on on why he missed the cut. But one guy. Who tore up the leader or tore up the golf course yesterday was Ben Silverman, a nine under a sixty-three. And after the round, Bob had a chance to catch up with Ben. That was quite a round out there. Uh, what was going on? A lot of good things, obviously. Uh, it was. I finally was able to get back to last last week Sunday night before I got rained out when I made those five birdies in a row. It was. Um, knew exactly where the ball was going little like I could feel the difference between a little draw a little fade and seeing my lines well and was rolling putter very well and everything was flowing so this might be a surprise uh, I've only played nine holes before this tournament on this golf course so yeah not didn't grow up playing here didn't take long to figure it out after yesterday though, 63 today. was that just getting more comfortable or was that just everything was working with your actual game yeah, yesterday, uh, when I think back, when I compare today to yesterday, I didn't feel the same kind of comfort uh, as I did today. And it might have just been the fact of being slightly tired from last week or having uh, more people around me that I know that are watching me. Uh, so I was able to get in a better mindset today, and, and it flowed nicely. Well, I know exactly where I stand. I know pretty much what I have to shoot to secure my card for next year. So the focus with that is to go out and get my mind in the the best possible state to make birdies because I know I need them. So that's the focus. I've been working a lot with Liam the course of the year. They're trying to add more yards. Are you at a spot now where you've got that, or is there still a little more to be found? I think there's always more to be found because I can get stronger in the gym and move my body faster when I get some time off to do it. But just technique-wise, um, we've definitely picked up some yardage. And I mean, that tee shot on 18, I, mean, I had nine iron in. I don't know how far it was, but normally for me, that's I'm not down there. So I definitely, we've been keeping an eye on my speed and it's getting faster, which is nice. A very big week uh, for Ben Silverman, just outside uh, the top 125 right now in the FedEx Cup standings. Uh, he's off at 12:15 with Harold uh, Varner. Uh, Bob, one thing that I really got out of that interview, and I know we spoke about at length yesterday, was that going into this week, he'd only played nine holes at Glen Abbey, <laughs> and, and he's just from up the road. I just how how crazy is that to you? Well, I mean, I, I I don't know. I just put an article up on TSN.ca saying I don't know anybody who's lived in this uh, city who hasn't played a charity tournament or a, yeah. or a corporate event out here at some point. But you, you always have to remember that uh, that Ben didn't come to the game very early. He was only really around 16 years old when he sort of decided that he was going to become a PGA Tour pro. <laughs> and he also spent a lot of time in Florida. So um, he hasn't maybe had as much opportunity to play here. But obviously he's a fast learner because uh, when you shoot 63 on this golf course, I mean, there's only been uh, one. There's only been rounds of one shot better. We've had, I think, four or five guys who yep. shot 62 here over the years. Um, but I, I like what I hear from Ben. I like talking to Ben because he feels – I sense that there's a, there's confidence there. You know, as, as he said, he's outside the, the top 125 right now, but he knows exactly what he has to do, knows what he has to shoot, knows where he has to be. But I think he leaves that kind of thought process at the, at the first tee. He just When he goes out here, he just tries to play golf, tries to get birdies in the tank, and, and then at the end of the week you can kind of add it up and see where you are. 
Um, but the way he's playing right now, boy, it would be great to have him in the hunt on Sunday. Yeah, it sure would. And one other thing that's really interesting uh, with Ben is that he actually, uh, as part of his practice routine, has a couple of left-handed clubs in the bag. He is a right-handed player uh, to try to, to try to uh, strengthen both sides of his body. Have you ever seen uh, any uh, any tour pros of that level uh, to have both sides, uh, both a right and a left-handed uh, club in the bag to practice with? You know, the, I've only seen one other player who's done that, and uh, it's a pretty notable one. It's VJ Sig, ah. and he used to swing. Now I don't remember him actually hitting shots, but he had a weighted left-handed club. And the the idea here is to kind of balance out the yep. muscles because you're a one-sided swing. Uh, it kind of kind of creates a, an imbalance in your body. But Ben actually hits it, and and I saw him uh, in Los Angeles this year. We were standing on the range at Riviera, and he was hitting. He had sort of like an old laminated maple uh, three wood <laughs> that he hits. And I, I, I told him, obviously being a left-handed golfer, I said, you know, you're hitting that better than I hit my three-wood, and I'm a left-handed golfer. So um, it works for him. It's, uh, it's not a bad plan for anybody who hits as many shots as these guys do. And whether these guys are hitting a, hitting a club or, or they're doing it in the gym, I think they all recognize the, the necessity kind of to keep your body in balance. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's it's certainly very interesting to watch uh, to watch that for sure. Now, one other Canadian we're going to discuss in this segment before we move on is Mackenzie Hughes, uh, who's currently uh, tied for 38th. He's teeing off at 10:25 this morning with Brant Snedeker, and after the round, Bob, you had a chance to catch up with Mackenzie. Mackenzie Hughes, two rounds in the books, and you're saying that the maybe the biggest difficulty right now, aside from, is just trying to get those par fives in shape, right? You really have to score here, at Glen Abbey, on those. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I was talking with Graham McDowell today about those, and you know, for some of the longer guys in the field, um, you know, even for everyone else, pre- pretty much. But the long guys, I mean, if you hit the ball in the fairway on the par fives, they essentially become par fours, uh, four and a halfs, with the exception of 13. 13 is playing kind of tough and off the left, but all the other par fives are playing really, really scorable, and um, I just haven't been uh, good enough yet on the par fives. So it's been disappointing in that regard. But I know that if I can start to birdie those on the weekend, then you know, hopefully the scores will follow. We've seen a lot of birdies and eagles on those par fives. How low a round do you think is out there right now? Yeah, I mean, if you, uh, you know, Fleetwood yesterday uh, on the back nine, I think he shot six under or something like that, maybe seven. I don't know what he shot, but, you know, you can make some eagles and birdies in a heartbeat out here. And especially if you kind of get going on the front and then go to that back nine, maybe a few under par, um, and you tear those par fives up, I, I think, you know, eight, nine, ten under par rounds out there. It's just a matter of getting out there, some good conditions, and, uh, you know, ex- executing the golf shots. Your game has been turning the corner. I know after a tough, tough start to the season, where's your confidence level with it right now? Uh, if I was to give it a, out of 10, maybe like a 7 out of 10, I mean, I'm still, I'm not, uh, you know, RSM, uh, you know, win that playoff kind of confidence yet, but it's getting there. And, I, you know, every day, every round, every tournament the last six, seven weeks have, have uh, certainly helped. And I feel like it's just a matter of time before it all kind of comes together for four days. I just haven't quite put four nice, solid rounds together yet. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm waiting for, and hopefully it's around the corner. You don't need any extra fan support here, but you certainly were playing to the crowd on the, the rink out here on the seventh hole. Tell us what you did out there to, uh, to drop a little more support. Yeah, well, uh, every day I've been rocking the Leafs jersey, walking down the, the right-hand side of the hole, and, you know, the crowd's been loving it. I, I get a few go-haps go every now and then, but I kind of ignore that. And uh, so it's been fun. I, I, I just missed the green to the right, and I had a pretty makeable chip. And so I, I decided, well, you know, I'll leave the jersey on for one more shot. And, you know, I was really hoping I could chip it in with the jersey on because it would have been way cooler. And sure enough, it went in, and the crowd went wild. And, um, you know, I, I definitely uh, soaked it up there and, and uh, enjoyed that one. All right. Good luck on the weekend, Max. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. 
Well, that roar after Mackenzie Hughes chipped, and it was one of the loudest roars we've heard all week, Bob. We didn't see it live, but we could certainly hear it, couldn't we? Yeah, I mean, we were sort of standing uh, just not too far away, and, and we sort of wondered if it was a, a hole-in-one here <laughs> because we knew where it was coming from, so there was possibilities there. But, um, you know, I think Mac's in a good place right yeah. now. I think uh, he had a tough start, as I mentioned, in that interview to the season where he really missed a whole bunch of cuts. And he, he was sort of trying to trying to fix everything all at once. And he realized afterwards that, you know, he just can't do that out here. Um, this was a year for him to make some changes. He's basically exempt through next year. Yep. So he's got his card next year. So this is if you're going to do something, this is the year to do it. And, and he kind of retreated from that tactic. And he's, he's just um, sort of trying to make small changes bit by bit. And I think that's the way he's always been. Uh, that's the way he's always done it. So there's no reason to change that. And I think right now, if you look at his scores over the last two or three tournaments, it's really starting to show that uh, that Matt Hughes is, is coming back to where he was, where a guy where he won in his rookie year. Yeah, two top 20 finishes uh, thus far in July for Mackenzie Hughes. And, and like I said, he's off at 10.25 a.m. Eastern uh, with Brant Snedeker. On the other side, we're going to hear from Adam Hadwin, uh, who missed about a 10-foot birdie putt on 18 to miss the cut uh, <laughs> by one. We'll hear from Adam coming up after the break. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Premier golf in a perfect natural setting close to home. Limited memberships are still available for 2018. Don't be shut out. Visit cedarbraygolf.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Producer Adam Scully sitting here, riding solo on this lovely Saturday morning. 36 holes in. The RBC Canadian Open, 36 holes to go. Kevin Tway, your leader, 13 under par. His father, Bob, won this tournament f- 15 years ago. So perhaps a good omen there. But heading into this week, Canadian Adam Hadwin was the favorite Canadian to do well. Obviously, 61st in the FedEx Cup standings. He's had a pretty solid year, three top 10s. Uh, heading into this week, just one missed cut. But unfortunately, this week, it just wasn't uh, his week. After his round, a rather frustrated Adam Hadwin spoke to the media. Yeah, there's plenty of it. Um, This was pretty much a microcosm of my season so far. One putt here, one putt there, I make the cut. Um, You know, not not saving par on six, I think, was perfect explanation of how my season's gone. Start off okay, getting things, you know, into a groove, and then miss a par putt and kind of stale out for a few holes. And... I battled back after a couple of bad holes there on 13-14, and I uh, gave myself a chance. Just couldn't do it. What's your disappointment level right now? Uh, 100 out of 10. Yeah. Um, you come here obviously with the highest of expectations. You want to play well in front of the home crowd. Um, you know, I I've felt my game has been pretty good all year. I've, I've hit a lot of good shots. Um, I just can't seem to get it done. Uh, I get to go home and see my dog. It's probably the biggest one. Um, I'll be on a flight as quick as I can. We'll go pick up the dog and hang out for a few days and then go up to Akron and reboot. we got two big events before the playoffs still, so uh, there's still lots to play for. Um, just 
keep keep digging. Um, you know, who knows? That puck goes in on 18, I may finish top 10 this week. Um, it's that close, so. Uh, certainly very frustrated, uh, Adam Hadwin, but uh, all the credit to him for coming up and speaking to the media after Andy signed autographs for a good 10, 15 minutes after the round as well, bringing back uh, Bob Weeks uh, here into the conversation. Uh, Bob, obviously this is pretty surprising to see uh, Adam Hadwin uh, miss the cut. Um, what did you see from him at all this week? Uh, it could have been a case of you know just being a little tired? Yeah, I think there's probably a couple of things in there. I mean, I don't think, first of all, I don't think Adam will, will give you any excuses. I don't think there's anything that yep. he can say um, that we can look at. He said, no, you know, he just didn't play well enough. But I think, I think, sure, coming off a busy week last week at the Open Championship, I think being in that marquee group alongside Dustin Johnson and, and Bubba Watson may have uh, added to some of the, I won't say pressure, but some of the attention and things that go on with when you're playing in a busy group like that. Um, so, but as he said, it's, it's kind of like the microcosm of his year. I don't know how many times in the last couple of months I've interviewed him and he's, he really feels that his game is close to breaking out. And we started to see signs of it at the open championship. Mm-hmm. The, the putter is the one club that's kind of been giving him the frustration level, um, up to nine or 10, I guess on that scale, because he is such a good putter and he has been such a good putter, but he's spent so much time in the last year working on the other parts of his game to try and then bring them up to snuff that the putter has kind of stalls a little bit, I guess. Uh, but he's too good a player to have something like this really affect him. I, I, I just think that you're going to see something from him down the stretch. It might be at Akron. It might be at the, the PGA Championship or somewhere. He may not win, but I expect you'll see a really good finish or two or three before this season's out because I think, I think he's, uh, he's bound and determined to try and make this all work out for him. Yeah, certainly, and obviously he had that cut streak that was snapped at the U.S. Open after shooting uh, 83-75, but his best finish in the last couple months uh, is a a T-16 at the Wells Fargo. But as as you said, uh, this is a very crucial uh, stretch for him because obviously you know he's currently 61st in the FedEx Cup, and he's got a WGC event next week with no cut and the PGA Championship. So so this is the time for him to really reset and, and get ready for a very busy stretch, isn't it? Yeah, and, and you know, he, he wants to be in that marquee group. He wants to play with Dustin Johnson and Bubba Watson, and not just because he's a, he's a Canadian guy who, who gets a spot in that. You know, he wants to be one of the world-class players. He wants to be in the top 50, and he's been working his tail off to try and get there. Um, so I, I don't know if you can look at him and say this is a, uh, um, a make-or-break stretch, but I just mm-hmm. think that he wants to take it to the next level. He's good enough to do it. Uh, it's just a question of, of getting that break and, and making uh, finding time for everything to click all at, one, at the same time. Yeah, for sure. It's it's certainly going to be a very uh, important time coming up here for uh, Mr. Adam Hadwin. Just another minute or so left here uh, in this segment, Bob. Uh, David Hurt on the golf course right now. He's one under uh, through eight, as is uh, Ryan. Uh, yep, they're both at five under for the championship. T fifty one. It seemed like David was in was in decently high spirits uh, yesterday. He made the cut on the number. Uh, missed birdie on eighteen, but still made the cut uh, on the number. What has to go well for David's game for him to have a good weekend? You know, I, I think David knows this golf course so well. He is one of, unlike Ed Silverman, who we're talking about, he does have a lot of rounds in, in a, at this golf course. And we know he's played well before, uh, having played in that last group on Sunday a few years back. I think, you know, if David can keep his putter going well, that's always been kind of a, the, the club that, that makes or breaks him. He's mm-hmm. gone back to that long putter um, after starting the season with a regular length putter. He's not anchoring it, so he's, he's okay yeah. doing that. And I think I think it's just uh, it's just going out and playing and, and trusting trusting his game. He's, he's had a difficult year in terms of scheduling because he's been in that category where 
he really has to kind of get his starts whenever they're available. You can't really pick a schedule. Um, but, you know, he's a veteran player. Um, he knows what, what has to happen. He knows what he has to do. He knows where his game is day in and day out. So, uh, you know, there's not, not going to be any surprises for David in any way, shape, or form as there would be for a younger player in this same kind of situation. And, uh, and he's, he's, a, he's a grinder. He'll, he'll make it work. And I, I expect him to move up that leaderboard um, in the next two days and, and get himself a good solid finish here. That's for sure. David Hearn, one under through eight thus far on Saturday. Coming up a little later uh, in the show, we're giving away some free golf, free golf at Muskoka Bay. Uh, but first, uh, coming up after the break, we're going to hear from Tommy Fleetwood, who's in the field this week. He's had, he's had a rather adventurous uh, go thus far through 36 holes. But we'll hear from Tommy next. This is Golf Talk Canada. A hundred out of ten. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Premier golf in a perfect natural setting close to home. Limited memberships are still available for 2018. Don't be shut out. Visit cedarbraygolf.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and new Tour 360. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Producer Adam Scully riding solo here on this Saturday morning on Golf Talk Canada. Looking at the first 36 holes, the RBC Canadian Open. Looking ahead to the final 36 holes at Glen Abbey. Could this be the final time the RBC Canadian Open is at Glen Abbey? Who knows? But uh, one name who might have been a bit of a surprise to join the field uh, at this year's RBC Canadian Open, Tommy Fleetwood. He's off at 11.45 uh, on Saturday. He is uh, seven under through two rounds, 66, uh, 71, bringing in uh, TSN golf analyst and host of Golf Talk Canada, Bob Weeks. Uh, Bob, were you surprised at all to see Tommy Fleetwood commit to this field? Yeah, very. Uh, that one kind of came out of the blue, caught me a little bit by surprise. And and I think uh, you know, I think Tommy was probably incentivized, maybe to put it that way, <laughs> to, uh, to show up and play. Um, but but who cares how he got here? He's here, and he's a, he's a sensational player, top player, top ten player in the world. And anytime you can add a guy like that to the to the field, especially a guy that. Um, a lot of fans have never seen before. Uh, you know, you, you, you gain a lot with uh, notoriety into the field. It's been, it's been interesting to, to see him, to talk to him. I've, you know, I've had a chance, obviously, to meet him and chat with him a number of times over the last two years or so. But I think for Canadian golf fans, it's, uh, they're, they're getting an eye-opening experience here when you see what he can put up. And especially, uh, you know, he had, as you mentioned, I think, before the break, kind of the, the, the good and the bad, <laughs> maybe the good and the ugly. I don't know what you call it, but when he came back from that break after the rain delay on Thursday, you know, he went eagle, birdie, birdie, eagle, which is a pretty good stretch. But then he finished off his day with three straight bogeys. So um, I think it's fun to watch him play, and I think we're going to see him make a little move here today. And another reason why Canadian fans must love him, his hockey hair, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mentioned that to him actually at one point. He didn't understand. Uh, at the British Open last week, I said, "You're gonna you get ready for the for the hockey hair comments." And he said, "What?" He says, "Well, in Canada, when guys have hairs like that, they call it hockey hair because it's you know like the flow goes underneath the helmet." He says, "Oh, okay, thanks for warning me." 
So uh, he's a really engaging guy. And we were kind of joking a little bit about yesterday about uh, some of that stuff. And uh, I, uh, I really enjoy watching him play golf and talking to him. Well, as the kids say, uh, Tommy Fleetwood has some pretty sweet flow. Uh, I'm not sure if I butchered that at all. But uh, <laughs> in any case, let's hear from Tommy Fleetwood after his second round. Bit of, bit of both, really. Bit of everything. I had some good stuff. I had some bad stuff. I, it was an early start this morning. It was one that... You know, we weren't that grateful for, to be honest. Um, I kind of didn't feel... Uh, got to the first couple of... I had a couple of hours to finish and then started off this morning, wasn't hitting it, wasn't hitting it great, uh, and then kind of progressed through the round quite nicely and uh, eventually got myself to, you know, quite high up on the leaderboard and couldn't quite finish the round off with, you know, a couple of... Well, one poor swing, um, wind catches you out and then a three put on one, so... Uh, there was kind of mix. It was a right mixed bag. Yeah, well, I, I had to wait. I had ten foot off a par on twelve when we uh, had the first rain delay. So, and I was one over at the time. Um, and you know, it's a course where the scoring's pretty good. So, I came back out. It a lovely put there and hold it, and then just uh, got on one of those runs where I didn't really. Um, the next three holes, I, I hit it close. Really, I had four, five, six foot. 50, uh, 16 old, a really nice one, um, and then really didn't want to come in and had to come back and finish. Uh, so I got a really good bit of momentum going there. And then, like you say, uh, the opposite end of the spectrum is the way I finished uh, today. A pretty wild ride thus far uh, for Tommy Fleetwood and Bob. That, that sort of goes to show that, you know, on Sunday, if someone's four or five shots off the lead and, and they get to the back nine, they still have a chance to win this golf tournament. Oh, yeah, and I think that's one of the beautiful parts about Glen Abbey, you know, is, is people, I know a lot of people don't like it or criticize it or whatever, but you get a lot of excitement here. You've got three par fives coming down the stretch. You've got some holes where, you know, like 17, which is, is not easy, and you can, you can lose a shot very quickly there. So um, it, it's, I'm not saying it's, it's like Augusta National in terms of makeup or anything like that, but in terms of what can happen and the excitement that you can provide uh, to the fans here down the stretch, I, I just love Glen Abbey. Yeah, and as I mentioned, uh, seven Canadians uh, made the cut this week uh, at the RBC Canadian Open. Nick Taylor, your top Canadian, nine under par. And he's got quite an interesting pairing uh, today with Dustin Johnson, world number one at 12.55 p.m. Eastern. Do you think that's going to uh, help Nick, or, or how do you think that's going to affect Nick uh, Taylor going into today? You know, I think Nick's in, he's been around enough. He's, he's an experienced guy. He's played with a lot of big players over his career. Um, both as an amateur and, and as a professional at different levels. And so, you know, I think it's obviously going to be a little more excitement, a little more atmosphere. Um, you'll have things you'll have to deal with in terms of crowd movement and stuff like that. But um, I, I don't have any doubt that Nick, Nick can handle that. I think he's, uh, he's, he's been, as I say, he's been around enough to know what to do in those kind of situations. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch Nick and all the crowds uh, surrounding him. Uh, there was a pretty star-studded uh, field going into this week, uh, but some notable names did miss the cut, uh, including uh, U.S. Open champion uh, Brooks Kepka, who was five over in his first round and and you know could just never really recover uh, from there. You know, to me, Bob, he, he just looked he, he he looked like he struggled early, um, and then he sort of just looked a little tired. Maybe. What what do you think? Yeah, he was he was uh, working on the range with his coach Claude Harmon, and they were trying to find. Um, it looked like to me, anyway, <laughs> from my eyes, they were trying to work on a way to stabilize that face through impact. And he was doing. It was interesting. He was swinging cross-handed for a while. Wow. Uh, on the range and hitting hitting shots better than I could hit him <laughs> with my normal setup. But uh, but so he's he's obviously trying to find something in his golf swing right now. It's not where he wants it to be. Um, and you know, sometimes when you come back over on the charter and you. 
been a, been had a couple busy stretch and a busy mm-hmm. run. It, it, you can wear and tear on you a little bit, and it's easy to kind of let your swing slide a little bit. So. Uh, too bad that he's gone for the fans because he's a lot of fun to watch and he's had a great season. Yeah, for sure. And for those who haven't seen Brooks Kepka in person, uh, he actually does look like a linebacker. So, uh, so look <laughs> out. <a> boy. <laughs> but one other guy uh, who who fans uh, and, and myself, I was very excited to see uh, in person play was uh, is Sergio Garcia. Uh, you know, after a very solid opening round, he struggled on Friday to miss the cut uh, by one. And Bob, it's been a very interesting, uh, you know, little stretch or longer stretch here since he won the Masters. Obviously, his life, uh, he, he's had a child, he's gotten married, but his golf game uh, has really struggled, hasn't it? He has. He has not uh, made a cut in a little while here. He's he's, a little, he's outside of the top 125, which is not a big deal for him in terms of, of getting starts, but it is a big deal for him in terms of getting into the FedEx Cup playoffs. And that's one of the reasons why he's actually here is because, you know, you have to play a minimum number of tournaments on the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. And if he were to miss the playoffs or go out early in the playoffs, he might not get to that number, so they were playing a little bit of a safe, safe card here by by showing up. It's the first time since 2001. Um, it's funny because I talked to Sergio on Wednesday and I said, "How do you like the golf course?" And he, you could tell he, he was he was kind of intrigued by. It. He didn't mind it that much, um, but he was not in a good mood yesterday. He was, he was pretty grumpy, and then uh, he had a yelled at the guy for taking a picture in his backswing and a few other things, and um, just just doesn't seem to be flowing and hitting the hitting the right strides right now and it's it's tough to see for Sergio because we know how good a player he is and it's also tough for Thomas Bjorn in terms of picking him for the uh, Ryder Cup it'll be interesting to see if he does that it will be very interesting to see if he does that because obviously Sergio has been a Ryder Cup mainstay uh, over the years and, and he was pretty darn good uh, a couple of years ago with Rafa Cabrera Bayo and, and many said going into this Ryder Cup that uh, Sergio and John Rahm would be quite the du- the Spanish duo but uh, at this point you know it, it'd be tough to pick Sergio wouldn't it I I just don't think I could do it. I mean, yeah. you, you look at some of the other players who were there who were available, and, and you want to get come in with your hottest hand. And, yeah. yes, it's great to have a veteran like Sergio, but, man, you want to win this thing more than anything. Mm-hmm. Well, Bob, uh, great stuff as always. Uh, we'll see you uh, later uh, this, this afternoon at Glen Abbey, and, uh, and, and we'll hopefully see Nick Taylor go low, low today mm-hmm. and Ben Silverman as well. That'd be great to see all the games play well. And if uh, you're listening to this, come on out. It's going to be a beautiful day here at Glen Abbey. All right. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. Take, take care. That was uh, Bob Weeks, uh, TSN golf analyst, co-host of Golf Talk Canada. And it's, it's funny walking around with Bob at the RBC Canadian Open because, you know, you, you see players walk by and, you know, hey, Nick Taylor, hey, Adam Hadwin, I want a photo. And then you go, hey, Bob Weeks, I want an autograph. I want a selfie. Uh, he, he, is, he is a celebrity. Uh, that's for sure. Before we go to break, we're going we're gonna to switch gears here. Uh, TaylorMade is a sponsor and a proud sponsor of Golf Talk Canada. And they released a product called Gapper, which is meant uh, to, to help your between your your longest wood, your shortest wood and your longest iron to fill that gap. Earlier this week, Mark Sacchino had a chance to catch up with the man behind the product, Tomo Bystead. Back at TaylorMade HQ here in Woodbridge, Ontario, Canada, as, well, I'm celebrating the Azuri winning their first Open Championship still, with Tomo Bysad, who is the Vice President of Product Development, always the man behind the irons, and now transitioning into woods. And I I said this tonight during our presentation. The timing couldn't be better, because this Gapper product that we're celebrating the launch here in Canada that had a great debut at the Open Championship, to me, Tomo, is the transition through someone's bag from irons 
to their to their favorite possible metal wood right. and trying to figure out what that need is in between. Is that, is that a good setup there? It is a it's a great setup. I mean, basically, it's it's about that gap in your bag, right, between your kind of longest playable iron, which for a lot of people it can be a five or a six iron, honestly, uh, and whatever your sort of shortest metal wood is, which is typically a three or a five wood for most people. I mean, most people have a three wood and some people have five woods, but there's even with a five wood a pretty big gap between those two clubs, right? With a five iron and a five wood or a three wood to a six iron even, you're talking, you know, 50 yard gap sometimes. So it, it is a really important transition and a, and a kind of big hole in a lot of people's bags. And you've stayed down the lines of adjustability and custom, being able to custom kind of fit almost anyone in right. this product because you've got a high, a mid, a mid, and a low. So you have three options to really kind of play more like a rescue club in the high and closer to what a UDI driving iron would be in the low and then of course the mid in between. But it's more than that because you have adjustable loft and you have interchangeable shafts. You can almost go any direction with this product. Yeah, this, I mean, one of the things that, you know, was a kind of a key discovery for us in developing Gapper was this idea that, you know, one size doesn't fit all. We, we see a lot of different swings out there, a lot of people looking for different things, a lot of different kind of looks give people confidence to. You know, some people like a little bit bigger footprint, some people like a more of an iron look. And really this uh, whole Gapper product was about kind of really making that transition from your irons upward more seamless. And that's why, all these three clubs look more iron-like than any of our rescues or hybrids have been in the last few years because we know that there's performance that we can still put in these clubs but give people a little bit more comfort factor in going more iron-like. And we also know that that's kind of where the tour has gone, right? So a lot of these guys now on tour are using driving irons or long iron replacements instead of using hybrids. And there's so many benefits of workability and things like that at that level as well that's can really come into the design of this product. Now, we were talking earlier about speed foam. This has uh, got speed foam technology in the product. The acoustics are amazing. It feels like there's a lot of pop in the bat in this product. I've had an opportunity to hit it tonight. I was very impressed. Uh, we spoke earlier when we did the presentation this, this evening with Nick Taylor, and uh, I asked you, were you surprised that Nick Taylor went to the high? He loves the high because you automatically assume that it's going to be the low in the tour player's bag, which is what we saw a lot yeah. at the debut of the Open Championship. Did, yeah. But don't make assumptions. Mm -hmm. Get fitted, and there's something here for everybody. Yeah, and I think that's the cool part about it. This is not a cookie-cutter situation where, oh, you're this kind of player, so you play this one. This is going to be all over the map, honestly. So we're going to see, Mark, we're going to see guys on tour playing the high, the mid, and the low. Maybe more lows, to be fair, but still plenty of highs. We've had, in addition to Nick, we've had Bo Hostler, who's worked with us in those last couple of weeks. He loves the high. He's going to maybe play one or even two in the bag, and that, that, would, that would be amazing. We've had DJ testing the mid, loving the mid. you know. And then we have guys, obviously, all those guys at the Open playing the low. Um, you know, and other guys, too, who are not even didn't have it, but they loved that early test of it. So we're gonna see a really good mix. And then you flip that to the amateur side, which is kind of your point was, with amateurs, this is gonna be a huge, huge improvement in this part of their bag, because think about how often they have these shots. I mean, tour players, that two, for them, it's a 220 to 250, 60 shot. But for an amateur, this is a 170 to, to maybe 210 yard club. Yeah. 
man, they, they have those shots all the time. And that's what's going to really be exciting about seeing how people fit into different clubs and different shaft options. Yeah, we talked about this tonight too. You know, often products born from the tour like the TP5, the TP5X, but this one really is, hits home with the average golfer who's probably playing irons maybe in their bag. They don't need to play like three irons and four Absolutely. Irons. And maybe hybrids that don't fit their games. Yeah. yeah it's been a while since uh, a lot of players, the hybrid yeah. market has declined a little. Yeah. And uh, this product is certainly going to fill the gap, the gapper. There you go. See, exactly. see how I did that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, well, thank you so thank much, you. and uh, what a great year. What an amazing year for TaylorMade, and this is, uh, uh, not to say the year's over, but what a yeah. great cherry on top of Twist Face and Rip Gorgeous. We've had so much fun with it, and mm -hmm. uh, look forward to seeing you hopefully in yeah. December at Car in Carlsbad. Hopefully, yeah. Great. Thanks yeah. so much. Thank you, thank you Mark. Thank you. That was Mark Sacchino and uh, Tomo Bystead, a very exciting product from TaylorMade. Before we go to break, the news you've been waiting for. We're going to give away some free golf. We're going to open up the phone lines now. If you're listening live, I must say, if you're listening live, this only goes to you. 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. The first caller to give the correct answer to this question will get a free round of golf at Muskoka Bay. Here's the question. How many Canadians made the cut this week at the RBC Canadian Open? If you've been listening to the show, I've said this about 14 times. So, first caller to give the answer to that question. How many Canadians made the cut this week at the RBC Canadian Open? 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. After the break, we'll wrap up the show. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Adidas Golf and new Tour 360. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. This segment of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura, is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, the final stretch of our show this week. Producer Adam Scully in the chair. We've heard from Mark Sacchino. We've heard from Bob Weeks. We've heard from Adam Stanley. And... We just gave away some free golf at Muskoka Bay. A couple people didn't answer the question correctly, which was uh, mind-boggling. You know, I did, I did say seven Canadians did make the cut. That was the correct answer. But, you know, congratulations. Mark Stonehouse, you will get a free round of golf at Muskoka Bay. And uh, my friend, I played, uh, Mark, I played three weeks ago with some buddies, and it is in unbelievable shape i gotta say and you will thoroughly enjoy yourself that's for sure now i've mentioned kevin toy's name a number of times on this broadcast he's your leader at 13 under par let's hear from kevin hey kevin toy after his round i hit the ball well i'm hitting it long um 
making a few putts, which is always nice. And uh, yeah, I'll just try to keep that going. I thought it was a nice bounce back at 18, even though it's playing downwind. But 17, you didn't have a lot of green to play with. You bogey that hole, so yeah, it's yeah. nice to get the birdie back. Yeah, I plugged in the bunker on 17, made bogey, and tried to carry all the bunkers on 18 and not quite. So it was nice to get a good shot out of that fairway bunker on the green and get a birdie. You know, coming into this week, 35th in FedEx Cup points. You were a top 10 machine, especially in Texas. You've had a heck of a year. Well, what is the thought process now going to the weekend? Is it just another round, or do you feel like, you know um, what, I'm close to winning? I'm not quite 35th. I wish I was. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just try to keep playing the same way I did the first two days. Um, try to hit a lot of fairways, a lot of greens. Kind of cliche, but that's what I'm trying to do. Has that been the key for you this year? Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. I hit the ball long, so every time I'm in the fairway, I usually got a wedge, and it's easy to take advantage from there. You know, your dad, uh, I've been around a long time. I covered your dad, major champion. Do you still confer with him a lot? Do you still talk to him and get advice? I mean, he won the Canadian Open in Hamilton. Mm -hmm. uh, do, you, do you talk to him about things still? Yeah, absolutely. I talk to dad every day, no matter if I'm home, uh, here. We talk about every round. He can probably tell you what kind of shots I'm hitting just by, like, watching on TV. He knows exactly what the swing looks like, so he's been there through and throughout, so uh, he's a big key for me. That was Kevin Tway after uh, his round. He's, he is your solo leader right now, 13 under par. Some Golf Talk Canada housekeeping. Of course, we are in prime time for six weeks during the World Cup, but we are back in this time slot, 8 to 10, live Saturday morning on TSN 1050, TSN 1150 out uh, in Hamilton. Uh, we'll be that way for the rest of the year. Next week on Golf Talk Canada Radio, we're going to have a TaylorMade Best Of special where we're going to talk about all of the equipment from TaylorMade. Uh, we'll, we'll hear from Tomo Bystad, Brian Basil, a number of, of the great minds at TaylorMade uh, who have made the, the, the number one driver in golf and the ball that has changed the ball, the TP5 and TP5X. Uh, Canadians, this uh, today at the RBC Canadian Open, I should say, here are their tee times. Nick Taylor, 12.55 Eastern with Dustin Johnson. He is your top Canadian. Nick Taylor, nine under par, just four shots off the pace. Ben Silverman, 12.15 with Harold Varner III. Chris Chrisogolo, the amateur, 7 under par, 11.35, teeing off with Danny Lee. Roger Sloan, another Canadian, 11.25 with George Cunningham, who's had a great year thus far on the McKenzie Tour. Mackenzie Hughes teeing off with Brant Snedeker at 10.25. And, of course, David Hearn and Ryan Niep are already on the golf course. Of course, 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues. We're giving away a, the new gapper next week, the high, mid, or low, whatever fits your game. I had the chance to hit the low uh, or earlier this week, and uh, it is juicy. It is prime. It is mint. It is any... Uh, adjective you want to use to describe it, it is unreal. Of course, Tiger Woods used it last week at the Open Championship and hit some unbelievable uh, stingers, that's for sure. If you're going out to the RBC Canadian Open, uh, it's supposed to be a great day weather-wise. Uh, feel free to, of course, uh, get photos with Bob Weeks because uh, you know he's a celebrity and a Hall of Famer, and that's what he's been doing a lot of. Uh, should be a great day of golf. Kevin Tway, of course, your leader, as I've mentioned, 13 under par. Keegan Bradley won back. Seven Canadians made the cut, so it should be just a wild weekend at the RBC Canadian Open. 22 players within five shots of the lead. Who is going to win the RBC Canadian Open? Will it be Johnny Vegas for the third straight year? I haven't mentioned his name yet. In any case, it should be a great weekend of golf. Thank you so much for listening to Golf Talk Canada this morning, and remember, the first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. 
This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, show archives, video highlights, and TV schedule, visit us online at golftalkcanada.ca.